listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is the Pharmacy Podcast Network's coverage of the National Community Pharmacists Association annual event. The NCPA 2022 took place in Kansas City, October 1st through 4th. Listen in to this collection of interviews with CEO of the PPN, Todd Yuri, with several of our community pharmacy leaders. This is future Dr. Johanna Berhanu from the WVU School of Pharmacy, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. There's an aspect of the business of pharmacy that I don't know enough about, and I'm standing before one of the experts of returning products so that you don't lose out on the money that you spent on that product. Joseph Delaney with First Class Returns. Thank you so much for being part of the NCPA 2022 Post Show. How are you doing, Joe? Uh, Thank you very much, and very good. Beautiful day here in Kansas City. So tell me... The part, once again, the business I didn't really understand, the return business, how has this empowered community pharmacies to be more profitable? Well, a quick snippet is all the product is sold on a guaranteed sale basis, or else there'd only be 30 items in the store, and the pharmacy would order to come in a couple days later, which is the way it used to be. So what happens now is the manufacturers want a total distribution when they get FDA approval. So everything is outsourced to all the stores, and when it expires, if there's not pull-through, the manufacturers agree to give the stores a percentage of the purchase price back as a credit. So that's kind of what we do. So we have to know all the manufacturers' policies. We have to know the environmental impact of all those, how we destroy them, if there are hazardous waste or non-hazardous waste. But the bottom line is we have to make sure that the independent drugstores get reimbursed for all the products that expire. It's very different for an independent compared to a chain which really isn't very fair because CVS and Walgreens should not be getting a better deal than the mom pops all across America. So what we try to do, my background was in large chain and and, uh, national wholesale, so I brought that information, that reporting system, to the independents to try to get them a better shake and try to get their money better, faster, quicker. So if I'm a pharmacy owner, I'm listening to the Post Show, I didn't get a chance to meet up with you, What's the best way to engage, reach out to you, find um, someone on your team to talk with me as a pharmacy owner of how to utilize your services to help me? Well, you can reach me at firstclassreturns.com, or you can call me on my cell phone, 518-330-5296, because I always answer the phone, because I try to help the independent drugstores because they're at a competitive disadvantage as compared to the chains. Joe, thank you so much for being part of the post show at here at NCPA 2022 in Kansas City. We hope to see you in Orlando next year. Always, always supporting NCPA. And Todd, you do a great job, and thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you, Joe. I couldn't have a post-show podcast episode unless I had one of my favorite clients that's been part of our network for seven years now, and that's RxSafe. I'm here with Matt Gilbert with RxSafe. Welcome to the post-show, Matt. Thanks, Todd. Pleasure to be here and uh, appreciate all your efforts here at NCPA Annual. Absolutely. So let's talk about community pharmacy and the differentiation from the other sectors that you've concentrated on, which have been, you know, chain pharmacy, specialty pharmacy, long-term care. But this is the bread and butter of what RxSafe does for patient care through community pharmacy. So why is it important to be here at the NCPA? Well, we call this the granddaddy of them all. 
as far as independent pharmacy goes. And just the thoughts and the banter that come from everybody we speak with. Uh, this morning we had a great presentation from members of NCPA, our owner Bill Holmes, a couple of our uh, Rapid Pack owners, and having them in attendance along with probably 20 or 30 other Rapid Pack owners dispersed through the crowd, we're getting a lot of great ideas, uh, generating new profits and in improving patient medication efficiency uh, throughout the process. So being here, it's great to be back, great to be here with uh, thousands and thousands of independent pharmacy owners, and I couldn't recommend it higher to any Anybody who's out there thinking about coming next year. So I want to say something about this system. So it's one thing to have an automation system that's intelligent, that uses scope technology where the camera is like looking at the tablet, flipping it around, making sure that it is what it is from a safety perspective, thus the name RX Safe. But if you don't have a team that understands the business that you're in, then that technology is worth half of what it's you know what what you're spending. So something that Bill Holmes says, which we've investigated several times, even that we have white papers on it, is the fact that the cost of this system and the ROI is quick if you stick to the plan. And RxSafe helps you build out that plan. Can you kind of share with us a little bit about how you help a, um, a community pharmacy implement RxSafe technologies? And then if it's the Rapid Pack, obviously the forward leading system. Tell us about implementation of that and, and how a pharmacy can make money. Yep, that's a great question, Todd. Uh, we get that all the time and the, the number one barrier to entry for any pharmacy we talk to is I don't have enough time, my staff will hate it, I don't want to get involved with another project and it costs a lot of money. And we eliminate all those barriers, one through financing, but two through cost justification by adding new supplements, adding new net new patients, going after facilities, group homes, uh, independent living facilities with you, and then walking you through the best practices as far as marketing the RxSafe automation. When we initially bring you on board, generally it's a two to three month ramp up period of training, installation, using online tutorials to get better acquainted with the machinery. And then we enroll you in an eight week online program where you're on weekly Zoom calls with myself and other members of the team and five to ten new Rapid Pack owners every month. Uh, we walk you through best practices as far as marketing, collateral, who to target, when to target, and what your competition is in the area, and then help you with digital marketing from Facebook and Google advertising leads, uh, transitioning existing uh, patients over through email and text campaigns, as well as coming over the top and actually physically flying out with you for two days and going and meeting with 40 or 50 facilities while we're in route. So combining all that and, and including installation, shipping, and training and everything, it's all included for one flat price. We don't nickel and dime you. It, it's getting the biggest ROI that we can as quick as possible, but making sure you're comfortable with the technology as you grow. The success of the client, the success of the community pharmacy is literally the success of ArcSafe. And that's why I feel that this investment is such a good investment. And I love that you're part of our network. I trust this organization. I would not have you guys on our network if you weren't doing what you're doing every day for community pharmacy. And really, that equals better patient care. So, Matt, thank you for being part of this. All right. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate all your efforts. And, and likewise, we wouldn't work with you if we didn't trust you and, and didn't have your full support support of the independent community and we, we got to keep it growing we got to keep it moving in the right direction and we can feel a big tidal wave coming on especially with our sales this year again are up year to year from last year and we are getting more people into the adherence business every single day so we really appreciate it Todd thank you
Go to rxsafe.com to learn more. Once again, that's rxsafe.com. And look up Matt Gilbert on LinkedIn as well if you want to get connected. Thank you, Matt. Awesome. Thanks, Todd. Take care. We'd like to thank our sponsors for helping us cover this inspirational event. Thank you, RxSafe. Leaders in medication adherence pharmacy automation. Check them out at rxsafe.com. Thank you to Happier at Home, helping community pharmacies build non-prescription revenue streams while providing your community with more home care services. Learn more by going to happieratthome.com. Thank you to Integra, leaders in long-term care software technology and workflow solutions, helping pharmacies succeed. Check them out at integragroup.com. NCPA 2022, I am at the Cardinal Health booth. If you're at a conference and Cardinal's not there, then it's probably the wrong conference. So I want to introduce Jessica Toth. She's with Cardinal Health. Welcome to the NCPA 2022 post show. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. So Community Pharmacy and Cardinal, it goes together like peanut butter and jelly. You guys have been part of Community Pharmacy since the beginning. But tell me specifically now, what's happening at Cardinal Health? What are you helping community pharmacies do in their communities to bring more healthcare services to, to people that need community services? Yes, right now, community pharmacy is more important than ever. So as Cardinal Health, we are really trying to help keep our community pharmacies alive and doing well. So we have compliance packaging through a program called Navix and Dispill. And so we're really allowing our customers to help their patients in new ways. We also have e-commerce websites that we offer our community pharmacies to help them stay competitive and allow those next day delivery options to their patients. Community pharmacies struggle sometimes with the messaging that they're pushing out to people that are right there in their community and sometimes they'll come out with a new service or a new product that they need to understand. It takes marketing to do that. So what's Cardinal doing to support community pharmacies with their marketing efforts? Yeah, so we have two solutions, Pharmacy Marketing Advantage and Pharmacy Marketing Advantage Commerce, where we're working with our pharmacies to help get them those messages out on those digital platforms. With um, the two solutions together, we have Pharmacy Marketing Advantage Plus, and what we do is we're providing social media assets each month, helping to get scripts and the word out there to help them support their patients online. Jessica, I really appreciate you being part of the NCPA 2022 post show, and we look forward to, what's our next conference that we're going to be at together? I'm thinking it's October, oh, ASCP, probably like the Senior Care Show. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, it's special when I get to come to national conferences here at the NCPA and I run into one of our podcast members, Jim McDonald with Integra. Welcome to the NCPA 2022 Post Show. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. Uh, we are here this week, and actually, Integra X-Files is our podcast, and we appreciate that you run those for us. Uh, Access is our product that we're showing here. Access is a new long-term care. Uh, product, cloud-based product, pharmacy management system, brand new, first implementation in the last month, and that's going extremely well. So this is exciting for us to be here to share a new product. Well, I want to say to the listeners, especially if you're community pharmacy owners and you're looking to expand into long-term care, which, by the way, there's a surge of that happening right now, you got to choose a system that has pedigree. And you guys have been around as a document management system provider and a delivery track provider. You understand the intricacies and the complexities of long-term care and even community pharmacy. So talk to us a little bit about how Access kind of brings that together. 
Well, and with those, we you talk about community and, and delivery track, Docu Track is our Docu Track's our content management product, workflow product. Delivery Track is the delivery management product. Those will also be part of Access as well. They're part of our Prime Care system and our NRX system as well. Prime Care is a current long-term care pharmacy system. NRX is more of a community product, but Access will have all those components as well, which really kind of rounds out the whole. And those will move to the cloud at some point. So it'll be an all totally cloud, no hardware anymore. Uh, really great systems. So if I run a community pharmacy and I, I have a nursing home business that I'm growing, at what point is it time to start investing in a system that is dedicated specifically to long-term care services? The way we looked at DocuTrack at that time was really about 1,200 beds is the point you invest in DocuTrack. So I would say uh, most, most of the retail systems you could have probably get to a certain level, and that might be five, 600, 1,000 patients. But when you get into those higher numbers, then you have to start looking at other products that are more designed for that, that role. Jim, we really appreciate the insights that you bring to the Pharmacy Podcast Network through uh, the X-Files. Um, we can't wait to hear some of the new episodes upcoming. Can you give us maybe a preview of what's on the horizon? Uh, actually, next week we're recording uh, one with uh, Susan Rodas from Jerry Med with uh, Meds at Home. So that's our next one that we have on schedule. We love Susan and Jerry Med, so thank you so much for doing that. And uh, thank you for being part of the NCPI Post Show. Thank you. We appreciate being here. I'm here with Heather Martin with Dignio, and I tell you what, Heather, you and I have been friends in industry. Um, we've known about each other for years, followed each other's careers, but I have to tell you, what you're doing now is what most interests me with regards to remote patient monitoring, what that means for our clinical pharmacists out there, and how this gives them the freedom to make additional revenue through what uh, systems that you're putting into place. Welcome to the NCPA 2022 Post Show, Heather. Thank you, Todd. It's great to see you again. And I'm really excited about what we're able to bring to pharmacies as well and how it translates into better patient care. So let's back up and think. Let's think. So pharmacists are now challenged with the DIR fee world. They're challenged with uh, building uh, additional services like point of care, for example, Remote patient monitoring for patients that are stuck in their home, for example. I mean, we'll take that initiative. Tell us how Dignio is helping uh, community pharmacists, consultant pharmacists to leverage your technology to grow those new revenues that involve remote, remote patient monitoring. Absolutely. So what Dignio has done over the last 10 years and across global markets is we are connecting patients to care from wherever they prefer to age. So we're allowing patients to age in place in a way that is, is really meaningful because there are a few things we can do with our technology. Uh, we, can, we can measure uh, basically any vital signs. We're device agnostic. So any chronic condition where a patient would benefit by having a clinician on the other side looking at that data, we can connect them to care. They no longer feel isolated. They know they have a partner in helping to manage whatever condition that they may be faced with. Um, we like to say, give us your sickest patients because we can reduce hospitalizations and we have the case study data to show this, to back this up. So what's pharmacy's role? Pharmacy has the ability, they have the patient engagement, they own that relationship. They see these patients 12 to 35 times out of the year, and they really are becoming that healthcare destination for that patient, where the physicians are growing 
it, it's growing much more difficult for patients to get an appointment, to be seen for a condition, and patients either fall into one of two camps. They're either in the camp of, I don't feel well, something's not right with the measurements that I've been taking, but I'm not gonna put forth the effort to seek out care because it'll get better on its own. Or they fall into the other camp where they're consuming healthcare much more frequently than needed. And these are resources that are already constrained. Pharmacy comes in and has the opportunity to provide that patient engagement that they're already doing, the care coordination that they're already doing, and now collecting physiological and assessment data that provides that longitudinal view into the patient. This is reimbursable through uh, CMS and CPT codes, and they have an opportunity to charge for this service as clinical staff of the physician. And we have pharmacies that are doing this today and connecting patients to care within their communities and really excited to see the impact that this has both from a pharmacy revenue standpoint, but just from Dignio, dignity's in our name, just from patient care. It's very rewarding. Heather, I also want to make the point that this is not new. This has been around for some time. You prove it in another um, market within the world, and now Dignio is here in the United States. So kind of give us some backdrop about where Dignio came from. Sure. So, you know, what we've learned over the last decade as we've been developing and perfecting this technology is we want to be able to be very engaging to the patient and very easy to use. So we're really ubiquitous across smart devices, whether it's a tablet or a phone, an Apple or an Android, we're available in the App Store. Um, we marry a really engaging and easy app to a really engaging and easy clinical platform. So we're gonna risk stratify every bit of information that's coming into that clinical platform as patients are engaging with the app. And by risk stratifying that information, we're allowing the clinical staff at the pharmacy uh, to be very efficient in terms of providing uh, this data collection and this care and this you know, care coordination that they may need to do if there's a patient that needs uh, a medical intervention. A lot of times, as you know, it's a med adherence issue that the pharmacy is going to address anyway, or it's a med effectiveness issue. And now marrying the vital signs with the med adherence schedules, we're able to see where those issues are and pharmacy is able to intervene faster. So if we have a listener right now that's listening, Dignio, D-I-G-N-I-O.com, that's the website. So where do we start? Like what does a pharmacist say, what does a pharmacy owner say how this would fit into their business? This fits into the business very well. It's really, if, if the pharmacy is already involved with providing clinical services, MTM, disease education services, this just becomes additive and multiplies what they're able to do in terms of their community. So from a physician's standpoint, they need this longitudinal data on their patients to, um, first of all, provide better care. Second, increase their quality scores. Um, and reduce those hospital admissions, those adverse events. From a pharmacy perspective, um, we are going to be able to track every keystroke, every event, all of the time. Heather, what's the best way to reach out? If I'm a pharmacist, I'm listening to this show right now and I'm like, all right, I need more information. What's the best way to reach you? The best way to reach us is you can either visit the website, 
click that you would like a demo and someone will be in touch. There's also a contact us opportunity there. And uh, my personal email is heather.martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, at dignio, D-I-G-N-I-O, dot com. Heather, thank you so much for being part of the NCPA 2022 post show here in Kansas City. We hope to see you in Orlando next year. We look forward to being there. Thank you. Thank you. NCPA 2022, I am here with Dr. Natala. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you, I'm happy to be here. So tell me, you're at the booth right now. You represent the OPA, the Ohio Pharmacists Association. Shout out to one of my friends, Ernie Boyd. Um, but you're also here representing NASPA, um, which is the collective state organization. Why is it important to attend uh, the NCPA every year? It's very important to collaborate with other pharmacists. So right here we have a bunch of independent pharmacies and our state organizations, our state associations, we like to represent all pharmacists and this is definitely a population that we love to connect with and even build further. Right now especially there's a market for independent pharmacies um, as a lot of chains are closing. So we, we really need pharmacies to pharmacists to open those pharmacies to keep our profession alive in that area. So it's nice to see and also be inspired by these pharmacists and connect with them. Awesome. And also your colleague, Dr. Jade Yoakum. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Post Show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. And you are representing the Tennessee Pharmacists Association. Yes, that's correct. And my preceptor, executive director, is Anthony Pudlow. When we're thinking about community pharmacy, we're thinking about the difficulties that they go through. What sticks out to you this day and age? Things are different today than they were. I entered in 2004. It's a whole different world now. But what sticks out to you with regards to community pharmacy viability? I really think that we need to move towards providing patient services, um, direct patient care services like treat to test or test to treat, um, and really provide those services that are exposing our members to easier access to healthcare. That's a good point because we have to move away from it being all about the prescription and being more about total clinical care, point of care testing, pharmacogenomics, uh, women's health services, um, things that physicians are wonderful. There are quarterbacks, but when they pass the ball of treatment to the pharmacist, it's the pharmacist nine out of ten times that is following up with those treatments to keep people adherent. People are dying every year from non-adherence. So what other ideas do you have as a new pharmacist in what you see the future of pharmacy? What are you excited about with regards to the future of pharmacy? I'm really excited to see pharmacists get that provider status and then get paid for those services that they're providing members, um, women health services, smoking sensation, just actually getting compensated for those services in their time. Alex, back to you. What do you think is the biggest barrier right now to pharmacists being successful as practitioners? What do you think um, is one of the bigger barriers right now? say the biggest barrier right now is just getting the implementation of provider status into the state. So OPA, um, we did pass um, provider status back in 2018, I believe, in Ohio. So we're very, very proud of that. And we definitely want to help our other states get it. And right now, the barrier that we have in particular is building out a model to how to get exactly reimbursed for the extra services, the additional services that we can provide through 
provider status. So Alex, I heard a birdie tell me, um, maybe it was a tweet, I don't know, but um, that you may want to start a podcast and I want to help you guys. So um, let's talk about that. Absolutely. Um, I definitely want to start a podcast for OPA, so Ohio Pharmacists Association, um, just to broaden and expand um, like what, and talk about what we are doing in the office, just current legislative updates, interviews with pharmacists. That's my whole goal is to kind of um, put ourselves on a different platform to reach out more to pharmacists, to pharmacy students. We want um, everyone to know like what we're doing and be in the know um, if they're not able to come in, come to Columbus and see us and talk with us. Um, as we know, all of us are very, very busy, so it's just another platform to help um, get ourselves out there and um, just you know expand knowledge. That's awesome because we help uh, the CPHA, um, the California Pharmacists Association. We're embedded in the PPA, my home state, Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association. Something interesting. You do podcasting and you talk with just your state specifically, but it's very inspiring to other states. It's, you know, they'll listen to these shows because this is a national network. And then they'll be like, wow, I'm going to reach out to the OPA because they're doing XYZ on some kind of smoky sensation, um, you know, like Jade was saying, um, and then being able to implement it in their state. So I have a hashtag that I use all the time, and it's hashtag TogetherRx. And it's really like our way of saying, you know what, we're all in this together, even though we're separate states. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we can definitely collaborate through it. Like that is a, another outlet for other states to know what we're doing about, not just within the state. So that is a really good point. Thank you for being part of the post show. Van Kobel with Pharmacists United for Truth and Transparency. We're here at the NCPA 2022. Welcome to the show, Van. Hi, glad to be here. So updating PUT, um, PUT's efforts in the evolution of PBM reform, what we're doing for community pharmacy, more importantly, what we're doing for our communities. Um, sometimes the only healthcare provider for miles away is our community pharmacy. So give us a mission statement where we are today with PUT. We're trying to put PBMs back to what they've done at the get-go, which was claim processors. Uh, it's tough gig. We're making progress in various states, but we we need we need more members. We need more people coming up with ideas and pushing us forward because we bring ideas together, send them out other places, and then come up with our own ideas to send out to people. And you know, it, it's working together. What state to state? Um, issues are happening right now where members at PUT in certain um, regions can concentrate on certain areas. Do you have any hotbeds of, of content or information that's happening right now? Right now, Oklahoma seems to be moving okay. in, in a, a positive direction. Our board member, our Oliver Lackey, that's in Oklahoma, has made some amazing progress down there. Uh, Deb Kevney up in Minnesota uh, has been meeting with the FTC and uh, I can't remember the regulatory body in Minnesota that handles different things that PBMs would come underneath there, but she's making progress up there. It is slow, and it's just a matter of pharmacists finally getting mad enough, banding together and doing something, because it's really hard to get... We're independent pharmacists 
for a reason. We like being independent, but we have to be in a group for this. And so it is what it is, and PUT can help facilitate people doing that. I think another strength of PUT is the relationships that you develop that is very sincere with some of our lawmakers, state yes. to state, state and to really helping them to understand, hear how this impacts your constituents, hear how it's, it's impacting community health. What's your advice to pharmacy owners listening right now with regards to reaching out to your congresspeople? Okay, depending on what one it is, whether you're talking state or national, attend town halls. Ask questions. Make sure your questions are pointed. And we're getting to the point now that we've been nice, and I think we're going to have to take off the kid gloves and put the boxing gloves on. You, don't be mean, but make your questions pointed. Make them pertinent and frame it in a way that they're going to have to answer it instead of beating around the bush. And uh, if you're in a rural community such as me, frame it in something that, that's going to affect Medicare age people. Because, uh, you know, our, our population is getting grayer and we, we need to be able to take Medicare Part D move that back to where pharmacies can legitimately fill prescriptions and make money on it. That's basically, you're going to have to get people, uh, your senators, your congressmen at the national level, get them, get a hold of them and say, you need to get on Medicare's butt, basically, and uh, make them do something with DIR fees get rid of clawbacks, uh, restrictive contracts, uh, pay us more than 25 cents and at a level where we start out at where they're paying our cost. I mean, uh, legitimately, everybody should be using NADAC plus a statewide dispensing fee for any of the government programs, whether it's Medicaid or Part D. And they need to give you a reason why we're not doing that. Something else I learned from Putt, um, your board is filled with pharmacy owners who are some of the sharpest people I've ever met. And the, one of the ideas that came from your annual event, um, I think it was a two years ago because of COVID, or maybe three years ago because yes. of COVID, was um, to go to a congressperson, to go one of your state legislators and say, we can help you develop a bill specific to XYZ, DIR fees or clawbacks or whatever it is, but letting them know, listen, you don't have to do all the lifting because Pharmacists United for yes. Truth and Transparency has all of this intelligence to help them accelerate that policy and that bill. Can you kind of speak to those ideas? Y yes, I can. Uh, I was involved with our State Pharmacy Association at times where we were trying to advance bills and actually went clean through a bill, getting it written, going to a place in our state in Kansas called the Revisor's Office that writes the actual bill up, sit down with them and talk with them. We, we can do that here. Some of it may be looking at what other bills are out there and then taking a bill that may be passed in Arkansas, passed in Kansas, and, and tailoring that to fit the state that it 
go that you're in. And you know, something that's from Kansas is not going to work in California. But there's a good starting point for almost it's, like a template of some it's kind. It's a template. Yeah. Yes, that's what I would call it also. So yeah. it gives you it gives you a basis and then then the other thing you have to realize is that it's the rule it, it's the devil's in the details the rules and regs are where the rubber meets the road and the other thing to look at is you have to look at from the starting point to the end point and at the end point is you have to have an enforcement ne- mechanism for the law one of the things that i learned is that the the what's a bill from schoolhouse rock don't give you the full story. You've got, you start off with the bill, you've got to introduce it into the house, you got to get it to the floor, which after going through committee, it may not get out of committee. If it gets out of committee, it goes to the floor. If they pass it, you know, you've got to even get it through the speaker of the house in our state. Right. Then it's got to go to the opposite chamber. Yep. If they if they change it, then you got to have a conference committee to come together to get it to work, and then it goes to the governor for signature. Then you go take it to the agency that enforces it. They write the rules and regs. Then you got to have have them actually to enforce it. And the enforcement mechanism is a problem on all this because what is a PBM? It's not insurance. The attorney general can't do it. Oh, we can't put it to the board of pharmacy even though that it's protecting consumers and pharmacists who are taxpayers too. There's a lot more machinations to it. It's, I think, the word that I want to say than what you realize. Right. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be complex to to the listener right now. And you're a pharmacy owner, and you're like, well, it can PUT can help them understand how to formulate, how to communicate, how to engage. If yeah. you're listening, I want you to take a look at TruthRx.org. Once again, that's TruthRx.org. Van Koble, thank you so much for being part of the post show. Thank you for having me, Todd. Appreciate it. A special thank you to the NCPA for inviting the Pharmacy Podcast Network as a press partner. Be sure to join us in sunny Orlando, Florida for the 2023 NCPA annual event and be sure to subscribe to the Pharmacy Podcast on any of your favorite podcast directories. Thank you for listening and thank you for all you do for your communities as pharmacists and pharmacy professionals.